Welcome, Rinkrats, to Season 3, Episode 8 of Dudashrick.com's Blackhawk Podcast, brought to you by the Overtime Media Podcast Network. Your sport, your team, on your time. And as always, we are also brought to you by our founding sponsors at PuckHockey.com, P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com. Check out their new lines, their anthrax, and all the good stuff. Throw some rinkware in that cart, too. Get some uh, after Christmas, maybe some clearance stuff. I know I got uh, several compliments on my uh, Marion Hosa hoodie the other day. Twice in line. Once in Starbucks and once in uh, Target or something. Someone mentioned it. My uh, Hosa wins them all or whatever uh, sweatshirt. So, uh, yeah, get over there. Use the discount code THERINK, T-H-E-R-I-N-K, for 10% off of all of your orders. And uh, I believe it's free shipping over $100, I think. Something like that. Go over there, check it out, and uh, see what's up. So, uh, anyway, today is Thursday, December 26, 2019. I'm your host, Jeff Osborne, infamously known on the Twitter machines as Puck and Hostel. My name is Jeff. It's Jeffy, man. Who could be scared of a Jeffrey? Yeah, Jeffrey's just this nice bloke from down the road, isn't he? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm joined by my co-host and partner in crime, Mr. John Jekyll. Hello, sir. Hey. Hey. Happening. What's up, jerks? They're the two <laughs> biggest dickheads in the world. <laughs> and also, we are also joined here tonight by our boy, our Chicago Steel correspondent, uh, Ray Napiantek. Hello, Ray. How are you, sir? Good. How are you guys doing tonight? Glad hanging to have in, you on, Ray. Yeah, hanging in there. Down in a pair of Red Bull right now. Nice. I'm that basic. <laughs> So anyway, um, some things happened with Blackhawks land today. Uh, I thought we'd get get together, talk about it a little bit. It was it didn't have to do with anything on the ice. It had to do mostly with stuff off the ice. But uh, before we get to all that stuff, before we really get into the Blackhawks stuff, um, we have a review that I want to read. I've been waiting for a couple of weeks for it to show up. Our girl Jackie from uh, the Facebook page oh. went and she put up a review for us. So I want to read it. Uh, make sure she gets the uh, the appropriate due. So uh, as a transplant now living in Kings and Ducks land, finding any Blackhawks news is difficult, let alone anything reliable. After several tries online groups where it's mostly homers sugarcoating everything, I wanted uh, and wanting to hear no negative comments. I finally found my salvation here at the rink, a jabroni and meatball free zone where they tell it like it is good and bad. No apologies, insightful, honest, and funny too. I look forward to every rink cast. So uh, thank you, uh, you know, for that. That was really nice of you to say. So, uh, yeah, thank you, Jackie. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I have a sound clip somewhere here for <laughs> that fits perfect for that, but, um, I, I would have to find it unfortunately anyway. Um, so the Blackhawks, uh, we kind of just roll right into it. We don't want to go too long tonight. We don't want to take too much people, too much of people's time. Uh, between uh, Christmas and New Year's, but uh, the Blackhawks they lost on Monday to the Devils, seven uh, one. It was pretty embarrassing. Uh, they went up one nothing, uh, lost seven uh, one. So it was seven nine answered goals. They were outshot forty four to thirty three at home. They were for seven on the power play. Corey Crawford pulled himself uh, mid game or after giving up his fourth goal, I believe. Uh, Zach Smith had the only goal for the Blackhawks, and to add insult to injury. Uh, John Hayden gets his first goal as a New Jersey Devil, 30-something games into the season against his former teammates. So the, that, that, that went over well. 
Being so. John Studd, the true giant of professional wrestling. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. It was uh, pretty bad. Uh, I don't know what more to say about that. I know uh, Mario had a lot to say about it on his recap, but uh, as far as... Uh, that's, the, that's the game that got all the jabronis now talking about a rebuild. I think they, I think that was a straw that broke the camel's back. You keep using this really? word jabroni, and it's awesome! <laughs> yeah, I mean, now everyone's kind of sliding over, and, and with the news we're going to talk about a little bit after the commercial break... Um, think people are kind of sliding over into the camp that you know what this Blackhawks team can't hashtag anything happen you know anything can happen type deal it's not going to happen with this team uh they're not that good they weren't good in the first that good in the first place uh their goalies were kind of camouflaging a a lot of things and uh you know their defense was a little better than last year but not much better and now they're down two of their top six I guess quote-unquote defensemen and, uh, you know, Kajula being out and people getting hurt, Shaw being out with his concussion issues. Uh, it's like the walking wounded, and they're not having career years. It's just, it's, it's a whole snowball effect of a lot of reality, basically. Yeah. I, I think the anything that can happen is a uh, top three pick again. That's the anything that, that can happen. <laughs> they're much, yeah, they're much more likely. The team needs, I mean, yeah. Enjoy it, you know. I this it's gonna, you know, they're gonna be a horrible team the rest of the way, but they may get that really high draft pick again and get a uh, transformational player, which they need a they need a couple more of at minimum. <clears throat> yeah. So, Ray, did you see that game Monday? I did. I watched the whole game, and uh, boy, that was uninspired hockey. That's for sure. And it might wake up the people that need to kind of see that it's a, a rebuild and, and kind of accept it yeah. and kind of go from there. So. Outside of the fans and, and obviously us <laughs> three that have been talking about it for a while. Hopefully they kind of see that and know that hey, this this isn't the team. I mean, it, like you guys said, if everything was going right, Taves had another career year, everybody stayed healthy, you know, goaltending, JJ, like you said, but a lot of injuries and, and stuff like that. So <laughs> it's time to look for next year. Well, I mean, and on top of that, I mean, you look at, the disgust in in the past, past couple of weeks of like the goalies just mm-hmm. sick of getting shelled and I, and you can't blame them. It's not like this. Oh, well, you know, you're an NHL goalie. You should, you know, be ready to face a hundred shots every game. That's not how it works, man. <laughs> That's not how it works. You know, you're, you're maybe league average slightly above, but this team is well, you know, is last in the league in shots faced per game. Uh, you know, they're facing 36 shots on average per game. And uh, if it wasn't for the stats, you know, with the goalies, they probably, I mean, what their, uh, excuse me, their record right now is uh, 15, 17, and six. So basically 15 and 23. Outstanding. Yeah. And if the goalies didn't play the way they are, they might not have 10 wins. And and that's realistic. That's, that's not me exaggerating. So, uh, You know, to lose to a team seven to one like the Devils, who are probably equally as bad as the Blackhawks are, but at this point may have a little more promise. Uh, you know, that's a that's a game that the Blackhawks need to win at home, and they weren't even you know close. So, but uh, you know, I don't know, John. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I think um, you know. 
I, th- I think there's, you know, the, the conversation's really shifting now. I, I really don't think anybody except maybe one sort of crazy, lonely lunatic out there by her computer on her Twitter account. I won't name any names. Um, you keep using this word jabroni, and it's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> who thinks that this team, like, is going gonna, is gonna to have this great run and salvage the season. I think the questions now are, are you know, how much longer does Colleton last? Um, uh, you know, m- maybe he does survive the season, but then the question becomes, does Stan Bowman survive the summer? Um, and you know, what does Bowman do if, 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 you know, he's doing his job, um, in earnest, I mean, is he going, there's a, there's a theory floating around the Twitters today, which I actually think it makes a lot of sense, which would be that now that they've got, you know, Seabrook on LTIR and, um, spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Pardon me. I said spoiler alert. Go ahead. Yeah, and and Dehan on, on LTIR, you know they could take on an expiring contract at the deadline, and um, you know get some more get some draft picks um, in return for taking you know the remainder of a bad contract on, and uh, you know the, these are the kinds of things that they they could parlay into you know rebuilding. Um, so those are all interesting topics um that uh we, that we need to be explored and looked at by the team um we we can talk about it till the cows come home but if the team doesn't change anything then you know there's there's not much is going to happen um you know and then there's the the dialogue around actually moving some of the veterans with higher salaries um potentially at the deadline because the other the other big question becomes you know at what point do some of these guys who have no movement clauses become open to waiving those clauses to get out of the situation and go someplace in the last few years of their career where they can win? Um, so I, I think, you know, the games are almost a, a joke. You know, um, it's, uh, you know, really encouraging to see the way Robin Leonard has played and, and frankly, um, you know, really, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, inspiring to see the way Corey, Corey Crawford's bounced back. Um, and that's really good. But, I mean, the games themselves are kind of meaningless now. Yeah. So the real story now is, you know, what's the team going to do leading up to the trade deadline the next the next uh, two and a half months? And, you know, then, you know, what's the game plan going to be going into the postseason in the summer? Yeah, definitely. Well, now that we've teased what, what we're going to actually talk about more of later, um, let's take a quick break. Let's pay some bills. We'll come right back. And then we'll talk extensively about the Seabrook, DeHaan situation, the rest of the players that are injured. And then we'll kind of talk about a little bit about the game tomorrow uh, against the Islanders and, uh, you know, what, what we may have to look forward to or not look forward to for the rest of the season. So uh, here we go into the break. Even though the Blackhawks play most of their games on the road in December, there's still some home games available. And maybe you want to go visit them in Arizona or Vegas or Winnipeg. They even have a nice home stretch in January against teams that are very beatable that you might want to go see. When you finally pick which game you want to go to and you want to head out to one of those games, Vivid Seats is the top source for the tickets for the events you want to go to. If you're on a budget, you can sort by price, or you can throw that all out the window and you can look for seats in the section or row of your choice, all on the Vivid Seats app. To make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back called the Vivid Seats Rewards. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Once you download it, you're automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games 
to the hottest theater shows and more. Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and join the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program today. And when it's time to buy, new users can enter the promo code OVERTIME, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E, at checkout and receive a discount of up to $100. Finding the right pros for home projects can be tough and spark a lot of questions like, how do I find a pro who can help? Will they do a good job? Will I get a fair price? That's where HomeAdvisor can help. From leaky faucets to major remodels, HomeAdvisor connects you to the right pro for the job in seconds and even helps you get a fair price. Read reviews, check project cost guides, and book appointments. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free HomeAdvisor app to start your next project. All right, welcome back. So uh, the big news of the day is that the Blackhawks announced their injury update. And on their injury update, it basically said that Calvin Hahn and Brent Seabrook are going to miss the entire rest of the season. Uh, They're both having shoulder surgery on their right shoulders. And if that wasn't enough, Brent Seabrook is going to then have hip surgery on both hips, one in January and one in February. And I guess they're just going to kind of see where they go from there. But, uh, I mean, that that doesn't bode well for Brent Seabrook. Uh, He was already slowing down. He was already on the wrong side of 30. He was already just like a fifth, sixth defenseman with leadership qualities in the locker room. Now, if you, you know, if, if his hips don't come back, you know, and he's not comfortable skating it, you know, at least what he is now, and you would hope that he would be better. Uh, there's really not going to be much of a reason for the Blackhawks to push him into playing again. In fact, they would, they would probably be better off not, uh, you know, bringing him back to play, just sitting on his salary for the next four years, unfortunately, and putting him on LTIR and, and dealing with it that way. Um, now, that's the that's the gut reaction from everybody. We don't know because we're only a couple hours into this or maybe 12 hours into this. Uh, and it's probably going to, you know, develop out a little bit more. We're going to hear some more information about maybe what exactly he's having done on his, uh, his shoulder and his uh, hips. But... Uh, it looks right, like right now that uh, his career could be, you know, finished as a Chicago Blackhawk or as an NHL player, and uh, yeah. we, we don't know about Kelvin DeHaan either because he's now having, you know, a, sh- a shoulder surgery again on another shoulder or on this shoulder that was already previously surgically fixed, and uh, you know, they, once you start digging around in shoulders and start tearing them up, it they're not necessarily ever the same. So uh, you know that 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 could be questionable for him too and he's got two more years on his contract at like a what three eight i think it is or four eight three eight i think it is three uh three million eight hundred thousand i think so uh i mean that's some considerable uh ltir space but now on top of this all you have the jabronis you keep using this word jabroni and it's awesome who have decided that uh because you know there's probably you know $10 $10 million tied up in long-term injured reserve that Blackhawks just have that money to play with. And it's just free money. And that's no. not really how it works. Uh, they're no. allowed to exceed the cap that the money is still going to stay on or the, the cap. It's still going to stay on their, their uh, cap page or whatever. Uh, yeah. But they, they can they exceed. go out and sign a free agent, you know, for four years with the LTIR room created by Seabrook. It doesn't work that way. You've got to, you've got to sort of re, visit it every year at the beginning of the year. So you can backfill that every year somehow, but I don't even know how you do that um, because there aren't, you know, 
six, seven million dollar defenseman sitting around waiting to be, you know, signed at that point. Um, so it's um, it's <laughs> the LTIR thing is, is not necessarily um, uh, a good thing unless, like we talked about today, you can find, um, you know, another cap floor team to de- to trade the deal to. But as we talked about today, at, at, at present, there really aren't any of those teams out there anymore. So um, I don't think there's any easy answers um, as far as the financial ramifications of this. Um, and the other thing is, is it's hard to imagine Rocky Wirtz eating uh, $11, $11 million dollars in salary every year for the next uh, two years, at least. And then, right. Because they're, they're yeah. not going to have any revenue. I mean, you know, um, you're going to see a lot of empty seats the next couple of years in all likelihood, unless, you know, monkeys fly out of my butt. Um, so <laughs> man can you know, grow balls I, and become my uncle too. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, you know, it, there's really no, no, you know, this is not a good thing necessarily, I guess is what I want to say. I mean, the other thing that I just going to throw out there because I started thinking this immediately, immediately today, I would really love to know um, what the nature is of the hip injury. I've, I've, I've not heard anything, um, and I may not hear anything. And um, but I'd love to know, you know, you know, was it was was it were are they hip replacements? Because if they are, he's done. He's not going to play hockey again. Or you know, was it some kind of a, a degenerative condition, um, like a necrotic condition, like Bo Jackson had? Um, it, because that would explain some of the drop off in his play maybe for the last couple of years, you know, where everybody's been sitting here basically, you know, using him for a doormat. And the reality may have been that he was playing through an injury. Yeah. So I, I'd love to know the, the backside of that story. Yeah. I was just thinking as you know, I, uh, someone had asked me a question, I think it was on Twitter or something. And I said, you know, now seeing him like, you know, when they would give him close-ups on TV and he's wincing and stuff, I mean, maybe he was in pain. Uh, you know, maybe that's just not, you know, the look on his face. Maybe he was really working through some pain and stuff and that doesn't, you know, excuse bad play or anything like that, but just that, you know, now it makes a little more sense. Now the, you know, now the narrative is a little bit, uh, more sensical, I guess, (laughs) if that's even a word, but yeah. Ray, what did you think? Initial thought was, yeah, I mean, you feel bad for him, <laughs> you know, I, you, you don't want to hear somebody going through three surgeries over the next couple of months. But, you know, obviously, if there was, like you said, something that's been going on for a couple of years now, and it's just, you know, he's been fighting through it uh, because he knows he needs to be out there and knows to be the you know the leader in the locker room and stuff like that. But it initially, I guess I'm a little bit of wiggle room. You know, obviously, you could call up some players that, uh, you know, can perform over the next couple of months that get an eyes on them, you know, get some eyes on them uh, in the national hockey league instead of down the A, but you know, for a long term, you know, like, like you guys said, I, I really think it Hawks are still handcuffed. I mean, it, it's going to be an empty building. I, I think, you, you know, you're two, three years away from really being able to kind of say, you know, okay, maybe somebody will take on this deal. Maybe somebody will take on that deal. If they, you know, no movement clauses and he's done, but you know, right now for the, for the short term, that really doesn't do much except you kind of go, man, you, you hope, you know, Seabrook's going to do all right and stuff like that from the human side of things, but it really doesn't change much for the Hawks. Yeah. And, and that's another thing too, is like John, you were saying earlier about how they have to, you know, revisit it every year and uh, they have to be kept compliant on day one of the season. Right. Without the LTIR. So with, you know, say Brent Seabrook and Kelvin DeHaner, you know, they're going to have to put them on long-term injured reserve next to start next season. Say it. 
for the sake of argument, you have $6.875 million of Brent Seabrook, and you have $4.5 million of Calvin DeHaan. So it's $11 million that you have to move around. You have to have $11 million yeah. of free cap yeah. space to be able to, to be able to, you know, work this roster around like that. So it's not as easy as everyone makes it out nope. to be. And uh, I just wanted to read, uh, I, I talked to our guy Hart from uh, Puckpedia today, and I thought maybe, you know, maybe I'm trying to think of a way around this and everyone's really is at this point in time. And I thought, you know, maybe insurance cover this stuff. You know, maybe if Brent Seabrook couldn't play anymore, you know, the insurance would pay him his salary and you know, the Blackhawks would be off the hook or something like that. I don't know. So I asked a question and, and this was his, his response to me. The insurance is for the team, not the player. If he can't play, his contract is hundred percent guaranteed as are all contracts. No reason for him to retire. He wouldn't get all of his money. Right. Only, only person to retire and leave money on the table was Luongo. And you know, don't start with the hometown discount conspiracy theories either. Yeah, I mean, $30 million. I tell you, you know, even if Brent Seabrook were a saint, his agent is not going to let, you know, his agent gets 10% of that. So his agent's got, not going to leave $3 million on the table. So, no, he's not going to do the team a favor and, and walk away in the sunset and tear up his contract. So, uh, you know, he's going to get paid somehow, some way. Um, you know, I guess the insurance would, would cover the team's obligation if you know they have, they have to pay him, but he can't play, which is great from the standpoint of the team's finances, which I, I think are becoming more, more and more of an issue now. Um, but it still doesn't solve the salary cap issues and, you know, what goes on with LTIR. I mean, the, the hosts of thing, and people forget this. I mean, the, the Hawks were trying to figure that out for a while, like how they were going to do that. Um, with him on LTIR, and they, you know, fortunately they they were able to do something with Arizona and get, get that done. But you got to have a willing partner to do that. I mean, and right now I don't think there there are any other uh, floor teams out there. And then we've got a new CBA coming, and that whole concept of a floor team may go away. Yeah, it, I mean, maybe they get lucky, and you know, Seattle could take on that contract, and because they're going to have some cap room. But you're still talking two years down the road. So my uh, guess is Seattle will spend right up to the cap their first year or, or close to it. I, I, that'd be my guess. Yeah. I mean, it just, it all depends on you know, what's out there and what's available, but, and, and, you know, the, the, the little spoken about thing here is, um, you know, this doesn't make the team any better <laughs> having Kellen no. DeHaan and Brent Seabrook, uh, not able to play for the remain for the, they're, they're 38 games into the season. So you're almost at the halfway point. So for the entire second half of the season, you're going to be without two defensemen. One of them was probably your top defenseman in, in Calvin DeHaan. Your best defensive defenseman, yeah. definitely. And then you have Brent Seabrook, who you could wax poetic on whatever you think of him, but he's a locker room leader. All the players really like him, and they like having him around in the locker room. He's not going to be in the locker room anymore. And... uh you know, you're not going to have him out there to, you know, in those special circumstances. He 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 affects the team less than, you know, what DeHaan would. But both of them together, that's some that's a couple of big hits to their to their lineup yeah, to a defense I mean, that's bad. Yeah, I mean, it's and it's going to get worse. I mean, <laughs> there's there's nobody coming up from the from the minors, you know. And I saw some people getting all excited now about Ian Mitchell having his big chance this year. Hey, that's great, but you know, there's a big big golf between the hockey he's playing um, in college and at the world junior championships and the NHL. And 
you know, while he may end up being a really good player in the future, uh, it's not like he's going to come in and just, you know, light the world on fire, especially not on this defense. Uh, you know, it, it's going to be more minutes for Gustafson, probably more minutes for Bulkvist. That's great. It'll be great experience for Bulkvist. But it, in terms of the amount of rubber that the goalies are going to be seeing, it's going to be, it's going to be, the goalies are going to, they're going to be like the goalie at slap shot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm looking at the, at the teams right now, you know, like as far as cash space goes, I mean, really, um, there's a couple teams in here, like $6 million for Columbus or almost seven, 6.7, uh, other, that's the team with the most amount of cap space. And then Ottawa's got 6.1 million. See, the other problem is, is that, you know, there's so much time left on Seabrook's deal. That for a, a floor team to take it on, they have to almost be pl- planning to be a floor team for four or five years. And that's going to be really hard to find. Well, I mean, on, on the flip side of that, and to play devil's advocate, like Nathan Horton and those guys, and uh, uh, what's his face? It was on Toronto. Um, oh, uh, David. Um, yeah. Uh, I know you're Clarkson. talking about Clarkson. Thank yeah. you. Like those guys have been moved around several times. Both of um, them were with Columbus at one time. Yeah, they've been moved around and, several times. So it can happen, but, you know, with with the way that the, the caps, you know, the salaries are rising faster than the cap is, and uh, yeah, cap caps are getting a lot more tight for teams. Yeah. It's not as easy yeah. to just find a team that's got $12 million of cap space. Right. I mean, Jesus, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs have negative $12 million in cap space right now. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, listen, and it can work out the other way. Where you know Seabrook could play next, could play a couple of years from now, and Dahan would be done. But I have a feeling Dahan is probably because of his age and the fact that it's a shoulder and not hips or knees. I have a feeling Dahan is maybe more like probably more likely to come back and play for the Hawks. So um, we just you know we know he's out for this year anyway. So yeah. um, but we'll see. I mean, because it is it's the second surgery on on the same shoulder, and he's had problems with it you know, to where he couldn't play. So who knows? Oh, I take that back. The uh, Colorado uh, Avalanche have $6.8 million in uh, cap space. Yeah, they're not taking Seabrook's contract. Maybe they'll take Patrick Kane, right? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and I come here well, so and find you said. playing hee-haw with the fuck-around game. <laughs> what are you saying? That's what... Somebody said anyway. Yeah, Aaron, our boy Aaron. We'll, we'll see him tomorrow. Ray and I will give him the proper the proper amount of uh, razzing. Yeah. <clears throat> but so yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, I I still hope they stay the course and try to resign Leonard. Um, you know, I have some fairly decent recon that says he uh, would be interested in something like that. Uh, things could have changed, but, um, you know, I, I think he's open to it and I really hope they do hang on to him. Um, and then from there on out, who knows the trade deadline. I, I'm going to predict right now that the, uh, um, that they don't do much of anything. I really don't think they're going to, they're going to kind of stand pat. They may move some like minor league guys or something, but I, I just can't see him doing much. I, I don't, I don't have any uh, faith in Stan Bowman having the balls to like move a Corey Crawford or move some, you know, big player at the, you know, at the deadline rather than the, if he makes it to the draft or the summer. So. 
Yeah, we'll see. Uh, you know, who knows? Uh, you know, if I'm Stan Bowman, I got nothing, nothing to lose. I mean, I, I might make a bold move or two because, um, you know, I may not have a job anyway. So, um, I don't know. Yeah. Ray, what do you think? I would imagine anything would be on the table. No, I'm not saying you're going to run and trade your top players that have been your studs for a long time and, and sell jerseys and tickets, but I would imagine everything would be on the table. You'd have to answer every single call and, and hang up yeah. and think about it. Um, it. Just because you're in that situation where, like you said, you know, what, what's, what's the worst that can happen? You know, if I do come back with a couple first round draft picks and, and maybe some young prospects to kind of help uh, change things around. I mean, we had talked about you know, on the pad, podcast in the summer about it's not about this year. It's about 2022, 2023. And this trade deadline and this summer is going to be the same thing. Now, yes, you're completely handcuffed with some of the deals you have and, and long-term into reserve. But, you know, if somebody were to somebody were to call and say, hey, we're looking for this guy, we're looking for that guy, if it's a Crawford, if it's a you know Saad or something along those lines where it's I could get something in return. I mean, I got a first round draft pick for Hartman. You know, what can I get for a guy that might be able to step in and, and really give you a shot in Stanley Cup if, if you really wanted to make that trade? So my guess would be, uh, you know, Stan's probably going to be, you know, not, not, not a big mover and shaker, but, uh, you know, maybe some minor moves that, that does make a, a little bit of a difference, maybe a draft pick here or, uh, a, re- a restricted free agent comes, you know, comes back our way. They could go down in the minors or, or play now, but you know, I just don't see him making those big moves. And then even do the higher up say, yeah, absolutely, completely, you know, destroy this for the next guy that comes in. I would rather have the new guy come in and destroy it anyway. So, you know, because then it would be his game plan, not the guy that's on his way out. So I think it really depends on what the higher ups think about what, about what Stan's going to be doing here in the summer. But I, I could see him stand, standing standing pad more than going out and blowing this up. I agree. Well, even uh, though that may not be what I would do. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or any of us. Yeah. 20, 2023 is, yeah. is what we should be looking towards. Well, yeah. <clears throat> what this all means is we're going to get a steady diet of Duncan Keith, Ali Mata, uh, Connor Murphy, Eric Gustafson, Slater Cuckoo, Dennis oh. Gilbert, and Adam Boquist. So, Strap it on, boys, because it's yep. going to be a rough ride. Yep. Put your seatbelts on, because uh, yep. you know, with with Gilbert and Bolkvist still learning, Cuckoo just being what he is, Cuckoo uh, for Cocoa Puffs, Cuckoo, Cuckoo, and uh, you know Gustafson being what he is, uh, you know Murphy can be so you know Murphy and Mata are are, are similar type players. Uh, they're not going to you know light the lamp a whole lot, but you might get a little defense out of them. But uh, really, you only have I'm three and a half NHL quality defensemen there. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I'm going to give. Hey, they I'm won a give, Stanley Cup with three and a half uh, yeah, that one yeah, year. They, they did. Th- those were three. The ground and <laughs> that was three and a half really, really good defensemen, though. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Big difference. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The quality is a little bit different now. If yeah. Duncan Keith, four years older. Uh, and, uh, yeah. So, yeah. And Gilbert to me, I mean, he's your seventh guy on a really good hockey team. I like that. He sticks up for his teammates. I think he knows he's got to be that type of guy on a team that doesn't have one, but on a real good hockey team, I think Gilbert's your seventh guy that that swing, man. 
Yeah. What do you think, John? No. Yeah, I mean, Gil- Gilbert to me is like a classic sort of, you know, six, seven guy. Who knows? I mean, <clears throat> you know, the game has changed. I mean, it, uh, there I go. So I said it. Um, but I mean, the, there's not as much value for a guy who <clears throat> stays in the league by fighting. Um, and uh, but, you know, he he's he's shown some tendency to play decent defense at times. So, I mean, yeah, he strikes me as sort of a number seven guy. But, yeah, the rest of the the rest of the defense is just it's going to be a nightmare um, because, you know, if you count Duncan Keith and you're three and a half. This is a 35-year-old guy who's who's had you know some fairly serious groin issues this year, so he's not 100% either. Um, so it's just you know it's kind of like they got to get through this season basically with their psyche somewhat intact. But I think it's also time for the for the front office to stop this charade of competing and and we we can turn it around with a couple of good games. Um, I think that they got to start being honest that. You know, if there are good performances during the course of the year, that's great. And there are things that we can build on going forward. But I think it's time that this front office started being honest with the fan base and say, look, here's where we are as as a team and as an organization. And there are going to be changes. Because I think part of the reason that there aren't changes is there are a lot of fans who, you know, are are all, all open to the idea of trading Gustafson or trading Seabrook because it doesn't it doesn't mean that the guy that they love it's going to, is going to be traded. But the reality of it is, is everybody's got to start facing the fact that anybody on this team should be at least under discussion for being traded. There should be no sacred cows. And yeah, I know Patrick Kane is still a really great player, but he's also the guy who brings you back the most in trade. And it's not about trading guys for the sake of trading him, trading him to lose the cap hit. It's about getting assets back that you can, that you can rebuild with and do so quickly. So, I mean, the fans, I think a lot of fans have got to start accepting what this really means and 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 get comfortable with it, because I think the that may be holding the organization back somewhat. Like we don't want to rock the boat. We, if we're still selling enough tickets, why would we why would we do it? Well, the reason you do it is because this is going nowhere. When and it, I think, yeah, when it hits rock bottom, I mean, it's going to be too late. Oh. Yeah, you think it's ugly now. It can get worse, and it may be for the end of the year. Yeah. I mean, when you're relying on, you know, Alex Nylander to play big minutes, uh, and he's just been a question mark, and Dominic Kubalik, who is an okay player, but, you know, is he going to be a top six player the re- the remainder of the year, the next, you know, what is it, uh, 80 or 44 games or something they have left? I mean, yeah. you know... Zach Smith, the only one scoring a goal the other night, a fourth line player. Uh, Ryan Carpenter, you know, David Kampf. This is your roster where you have right now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, none of them, you know, DeBrinckit's not, you know, being the elite forward that everyone claims he is. And that, you know, he may not be that. He may just be a good, you know, Patrick Sharp type player. But right now, he's not even being that. No, you know, he's been I hot mean, lately, but he hasn't even really been you different know. kinds of players. I mean, but to bring it, you know, if, if he's surrounded by good players and if he's getting the right matchups, he's a guy who can get you 30 plus goals a year every year. You know, um, you know, Sharp did a lot of things that, that to bring it will never be able to do. Yeah, um, but I just mean as far as being like a peripheral player, like he needs, yeah, yeah, yeah. He needs people around him. He's a not going to be He's not Patrick Kane. Yeah. Alex Brinkett's never going to be Patrick Kane. I'm sorry. He's nope. just not. But, you know, he can still be a really good player, uh, yep. but he's not going to be that that next, 
you know, all, uh, you know, all decade player. <laughs> I don't right. want to bring he's up not any... Nathan McKinnon. You yeah. know, he, he's not uh, Connor McDavid. He's not even remotely close to those guys. And, but he, what he is, is a guy who, again, under the right circumstances, the right matchups, playing with the right people, he can get you 30 goals a year, you know, and that's, that's fine. That's great. But, um, it's just, it's, there are, you know, so there's, there's him, there's, there's Strom, who's had a little drop off this year too. You got Saad, um, you got Taves and Kane up front. Um, you know, um, you, but you got, what you got to start looking at, if you're rebuilding this thing, you probably can't even think about rebuilding around Kane and Taves because they're both north of 30 and it could be a good two, three years at least before you start to see some, you know, competitive hockey again. Um, because if you don't rebuild, it could take five years before you, then you hit rock bottom and then you have no choice but to rebuild. If you start doing it now, you you maybe especially if you go out and really clean up in terms of draft picks, young players and prospects. But there's a price to be paid for that. And people have to accept that it's not like you're going to trade Seabrook and get two first round picks back. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, it's not reality. They, they can real. Uh... If everything if everything comes up roses for them and everything works and their moves, they could compete in I say two years. They could compete. Maybe. Not I'm not saying cup worthy, but they could compete. They could make the playoffs and maybe make a run. But you're talking about the last two years of Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves uh deals there. They're gonna yeah, be wrapping it up. I, I wanna know what they're gonna do in two you gotta you've gotta do major moves in two years to get competitive again. And you know, I, if people are thinking it's going to be Boakfast and Ian Mitchell and 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 Doc, and that that's going to make them competitive, there are way more holes than that. Well, yeah, especially I mean, on defense. Yeah, like guys who can actually defend. And I'm looking at this this cap page of theirs: um, Duncan Keith, Alex DeBrinket, uh Patrick Kane, and Jonathan Taves are all up in the same year, and then Seabrooks is the year the following year. Those guys are all going to, their contracts are all going to be up all at the same time. So, I mean, what happens, you know, I mean, we, we can't predict the future. Things could change drastically tomorrow, but, um, you know, as of right now with what you have on your roster, it's not, uh, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I'm not too optimistic about what's going on here. Uh, Kirby doc, maybe turn out to be a pretty good player in the NHL. But uh, if he doesn't turn out to be Patrick Kane, he's not carrying this team by himself. And there's a highly there, there's a very good likelihood that, you know, Kirby Doc is not going to turn out to be a Patrick Kane type player. And that's no knock on him. He could be a Jonathan Taves type player. Jonathan Taves couldn't carry this Blackhawks team by itself by himself. No. He just couldn't. So, <clears throat> you know, they're going to need more. They're going to need to stock the cupboards. Or Kirby Doc could end up being like, you know, the guy he's been compared with, Ryan Getzlaff. Sure. Really good player. Sure. And, and, you know, in his prime, he was a very good player. But he needed Corey um, Perry uh, at the time to, you know, to yeah, to, to be know. his, you know, Batman and Robin, just like Jonathan Tays yeah. and Patrick Kane. You know, they. Yeah. And they had Niedermeyer and they mm-hmm. had, um, they had, a, I mean, that was a pretty stacked roster at one time. You know, yeah. G- Jazz Jaguar and, and, uh, I, I can't remember. That was so long ago, but, uh, you know, um, they, uh, you know, that or Brzgalov, right? He played for them. Yeah. Um, they had Freddie Anderson. They had a whole bunch. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, I mean, it's, <clears throat> the truth is, is, you know, the Hawks have a, have a lot of work to do. And uh, it's, it's, I, my personal belief is that, is that the fans need to start not just accepting it, but then also demanding it, you know, because the, the team, this, this front office that I, I personally believe they're gridlocked um, and they're, they're, they don't know what to do. They're like a deer in the headlights right now. Maybe, maybe they've got a plan, you know, maybe they actually really do have a plan and they're just waiting to get started here in the next couple of months. That's my hope. Um, but I don't know. Uh, it, they just strike me as being caught off guard by what's happened the last year or two, especially. And they don't seem to have an answer and they seem to keep falling back on the, the arrogance and the belief that, you know, they're, they're better than they're, than they're playing. It's a coaching problem, yada, yada, yada. No guys, a lot of things have gone wrong and now you're stuck. You stuck with your pants down right in the middle of, of Madison street. And they're so getting worse. Do? They're getting worse. They're still getting yeah. worse. They're not on the, they're, they're not, they're not ascending. They're still declining. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not, they're not even really rebuilding. So my thing is, is, you know what, just go for it, rebuild, because if you don't do anything, you're going to get worse. There's no question. What's going to hurt. It's going to hurt them in the back pocket, you know, know, five years, six years down the road. If they don't properly restock the cupboard, Uh, it's just going to, they're going to be, it's just going to be like an endless thing. Yeah, Bite the bullet now, now. you know, like the white Sox or something who just couldn't can't couldn't win games for a decade. Yeah. You know? That's what this could easily turn into if they don't if they don't play their car, their hand correctly. So. Yep. You got anything more to add to that, Ray? Yeah, they got to just like you guys said, they got to go back a decade. I mean, think about where this team was a decade mm-hmm. ago, you know, before you before you got Kane, before you got Taves, uh, you know, Seabrook and, you know, you didn't know you're going to have a warrior. You didn't know you're going to have a future Hall of Famer and key. You drafted them high. You knew you expected them to be good hockey players. You didn't, you know, you said, hey, at the end of the day, we won one Stanley Cup with those guys. OK, great. I'll take it uh, back in 2000 or whatever. Uh, you win three. You got to kind of accept it now. And, and, you know, Kate, you were talking about it. Look at the contracts. You know, 2023 is where really where you could start to say, okay, if we do blow this up now, we get some younger guys, Doc's two years older, he's filled out that frame. He, even if he comes up as a second line center or, or winger, you know, you hope he's a centerman, but, uh, you know, stuff along those lines. And now you've got one or two draft picks behind him. And you've got a couple more of these 21, 22, 23 year olds, hopefully are, are getting a little bit better. I mean, and you get to 2023. So, for the fans to accept it, I mean, I think you're going to see a lot of fans that haven't been able to get tickets over the last decade finally start showing up a little bit more because because you could find those tickets. Yep. But eventually, that's where you're going to start to see some empty seats as as well going into next year because they're not a player or two away. They're 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 two or three seasons away from really kind of turning this around. Come in, Ray. Eva will come, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> I got absolutely hold. knock it down, build it up. You <laughs> built it up uh, 12 years ago, build it up again. You ready, Ray? Drunk enough? Yeah, feeling no pain, Jimmy. <laughs> I got plenty of clips for you, Ray. Let's get absolutely. Ray some liquor and do this. Ray, what do you need? Another 40? Two, Jimmy. Good man. <laughs> I like it. There you go, man. Adding what some, did you do, Ray? Adding some flavor for me. I like it. <laughs> we love having you on, Ray. I, and I got to stop making fun of JJ all the time because, you know, he, he's taking it kind of hard there in the corner. I have to beat up on him with the with the sound clips sometimes. 
It's good. I hear it's you. Good. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Absolutely. I'm here to take away some of the some of the pain. <laughs> so it it's been painful enough watching these games. Yeah, no kidding. So well, with the other stuff too, uh, we're starting to see you know more talk about. Uh, you know, what's going to happen. And we've, we've kind of talked about this a lot in the past couple uh, podcasts with Corey Crawford and Robin Leonard and what they're going to do in the future. And my personal belief that, you know, Robin Leonard, they're going to do everything they can to resign him after January 1st when they can. Corey Crawford, they're going to either let, you know, trade him at the deadline, which I don't think is going to really necessarily happen. Uh, although I've heard on, I've heard well more than once where there's hockey people that I respect saying, well, are they going to extend Corey Crawford? I cannot understand why they would ever commit to Corey Crawford for anything more than a that low-paying backup role. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one scenario where they would do it, and this is a problem. And this why the reason I think this would happen is what I think is really wrong with this organization. <clears throat> if they go to Leonard um, here in the next couple of weeks, possibly, and say, "Hey, we want to extend you. We want to, you know, do a long-term deal with you." You're going to be our number one guy. And he says, eh, <clears throat> I don't know if I like how things are going. I don't know if I like the direction of the franchise. I don't know if I like the head coach. Uh, um, and then they then they decide, well, huh, we better save face here and give the fans something to get excited about and, you know, guarantee that we get at least 30 wins next year. So, uh, you know, maybe we'll extend Corey for two or three years. Um, that's a scenario I could see them doing, which would be a mistake. At the minimum, it's a roll of the dice on Crawford's health, which could come up craps because he does have some serious concussion issues. And it, I mean, that can go south real fast. We saw it last year. Pardon me? We saw it last year. Yeah. Right. So, uh, that's one scenario where I could see them actually extending Crawford I just don't I don't understand how people don't see the writing on the wall that was there when they signed Leonard it it was it was I mean anybody with a a sense of the business of hockey would say that was not a that was not simply a one-year deal that was a deal toward the future with an eye toward the future because Crawford at that time you know there was some question whether he was going to even play again um, or play very well um, now he's come back nicely and there's no question about that, but he's 35 years old and he's got these, these concussion issues. Um, and it's not like you're, you know, Leonard's just some guy. It's not like he's freaking Steve Passmore. You know, this is a guy who was a Vezina finalist last year and he's come in this year under, you know, less than ideal circumstances. And he's overall played pretty well. Um, I mean, real well. Um, if he were playing with a team with a good defense in front of him. I mean, his numbers would be astounding. Yeah. No question in my mind. And Corey so Crawford, I just don't, Corey Crawford's ahead. not what he was before he got hurt. He's no, still playing he's well, not. but he's not that level. He's declining. Yeah. Yeah. And so, it could be the, and it could be the injuries too. And so I just don't understand why people are assuming that Leonard's just going to go, go elsewhere because he's not really worth keeping. And you're going to you're going to extend a guy who, while he's been a great goalie, um, is far from a sure thing going forward. It's just but again, I mean, if, if Leonard, you know, basically tells him to go pound sand, then then I could see the, you know, the, you know, marketing type saying, oh, we, well, we got to resign Corey because what they what they I feel like this front office is still trying to keep the one goal dream alive and. There, you know, as long as there's enough suckers out there who are going to buy that, then they may do it. And at 
you know, I, I honestly, if Leonard's not going to come back, I don't think Corey Crawford, signing Corey Crawford is in the best long-term interest of the franchise. I would, you know, I'd almost be tempted to say, you know what, em- again, embrace the rebuild, go with Dealey and Lankin next year, or sign some guy, you know, sign Craig Anderson for a year or something, um, whatever it takes. But um, just, you know, I, it just seems like it would be silly to you No, know, if you sign Crawford for a year, great. Or if you sign him as a backup, great. I don't think that's a problem. But I think to to give him six seven million dollars for two or three years, I think that would be I think that would be foolish. Yeah, it definitely would be. Uh, I mean that the market can't be that for him anyway. I, you know the open market. I can't see any team giving him that kind of money, based on his injury history. Uh, you know he he may still have a couple a good year or two bet left in him, but not uh, seven million dollars worth. That's yeah. for sure. You're you're really, I mean. Well, it fell off my chair when you said that, JJ. Six, seven million a year. Well, I mean, listen. I mean, I don't. He, he may think he's he, he. The bottom line is, it's what him and his agent think he's worth. And this right. this idea of honestly of of uh, him accepting accepting say two three million to or three and a half to or four to be the backup, which is probably generous. His pride, man. They say, screw you. You know, I'll go. I'll go play for Columbus for a year or two and make. Six seven million a year, and who would blame him? Although, if you well, I mean, even though Robert Leonard is, is Robert Leonard was younger, and he he only got five million dollars, and that was kind of the 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 uh, market for him at the time, coming off of a Vezina finalist year. Um, I I can't see Corey Crawford getting any more than four and a half million dollars anywhere. I feel like that's what I feel like there was a there was a a wink and a nod at the at the negotiating table. It's like, hey, Robin. Do this for for one year for five million. Everything goes well. We're going to reward you at the end of it. Um, it doesn't sound like there were a lot of people else out there offering him big money. Um, I I think that that was the conversation because at the same time, how much better is Sergey Bobrovsky than him that he's worth ten million a year? That that that's also the market too. Oh yeah, it's it's what's you know the market's going to pay, but I just yeah. can't see Corey Crawford at thirty five years old getting offered seven million dollars and Robin Leonard, you know whether whether it was the Blackhawks and one other team or uh, from what we're hearing the offers from the Islanders were roughly around the same amount of money as uh, what he took with the Blackhawks. Uh, it's still five million dollars. I think that that's the, that's the other reason I think that this was there was discussion of a long term deal. Yeah, I I uh-huh. I. I, I Think Robin Leonard's worth more than five million dollars, but I don't think Corey Crawford is worth more than five million dollars. That's that's I what I'm agree. saying. I um, agree. You know, there's it's, and there's going to be there's going to be players ahead. like Braden Holtby that are going to be on the market. And while I don't necessarily, I'm not a huge Braden Holtby fan. He'll make he, eight million dollars a year. He's younger yeah. and he's got more long term potential than Corey Crawford has for you. And he's a, he's one of the best five best goalies in the league. He is when he's on the top of his game. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. He's had his he's had his fumbles, but yeah. When he's on the top, when he's playing at the top of his game, definitely he's he's in the top ten. I would say. Uh, I'm not a huge Holtby fan. I think he's kind of a flaky, but his goalies are flaky. So, <clears throat> so anyway, if, if Leonard, if Robin had that, you know, wink, I'm going to be here. When do when does Stan pull the trigger on that? I, I so, can't get to July and then him say, you know, oh yeah, sorry that I wasn't winking. I had something in my eye. <laughs> I'm I'm going yeah. to this team. Um, if I'm the Hawks, I, I, I do it soon. Well, yeah. that's part of it is they they could, could not offer they can't offer him a long term deal until January first. 
Right. So. Right. Well, right. Yeah. Right. But I'm saying that if we get to a point and it's like, I'm sorry, Robin, I, I got to trade you. You're a great piece to bring something back. <laughs> I can't wait to get to July and you're gone. I want that. Piece. Oh yeah. Yeah. If there's, I mean, there, there's gotta be some kind of, there's probably, you know, a couple calls going on during the week with Stan Bowman and, and Leonard's agent uh, on the oh, status yeah. of what's going on. There's no way that they're not keeping him informed right now. He's their most valuable player. Right. Like you got to keep that guy, you know, you really got to keep him on the line and try to make him happy. If you know, he might be your only, you know, decent player. Uh, and Patrick Kane is going to be, you know, who he is, but he might be your only uh, other star player on this team for the next two, three years. Uh, Robin Leonard right. being, you know, so, uh, well, you know, we'll see what happens with doc. We'll see what happens with Bokefist, but neither one of them, you know, have that star, uh, that star, uh, you know, level of play just yet. So, uh, they, they could be two or three years down the road as well. And, you know, that being said, you know, uh, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze didn't necessarily step right in the NHL ice to become, you know, all-star players. It took them a little bit of time, but, um, I think they were further along than, uh, Docker Boquist are at this point in time in the rookie, the rookie seasons. So, um, I don't know. I don't have much more as far as the Blackhawks go. Is there anything else you guys have on your mind that you want to talk so, about? Well, I'm just going to add Robin Lunner is represented by Newport sports management who represent, uh, well, Ryan Dezingle. They, they represent there. That's a big, big outfit. They got a lot of players. Um, just trying to see if there's any, uh, players with any connections to the Blackhawks. Because that sometimes is, is a factor, you know, it creates a relationship with the the, the agent and the uh, and the team. Uh, wow, they have a lot of players. Yeah, Zach Parise, Andre Pilat, Corey Perry. There was another thing that I saw today that uh, uh, I couldn't believe, which was how they were. Uh, someone floated the idea, you know, hey, uh, if they were to get rid of Crawford, go with Leonard and Lankinen. Kevin Lankinen hasn't played a game in the NHL ever to, to think that he's going to yeah. step in and be the bad, you know, because he had a decent year at, you know, the double IHF uh, worlds or whatever, you know, uh, the, the uh, consolation tournament, uh, you know, there's still Colin Delia there too, who has more NHL experience yeah. than Kevin Lankinen. Uh, so you're forgetting uh, <laughs> some people in there. And let's not uh, put all our eggs in one basket on Kevin Lincoln in because uh, just because he had a decent double IHF tournament doesn't mean that uh, he can step in the NHL. And he's, he's been good in the, in the AHL too, but that being good in the AHL, so was Anton Forsberg. So let's just relax right. a little bit until we actually see what Kevin Lincoln can be against NHL competition. Just chill out. We know what Calendelia is right at this point in time. Like he could probably hold down the backup job. We've seen that where he could probably hold it down. Uh, he's not going to be, you know, you're not going to roll him out there against the Toronto Maple Leafs every game and, and gets, you know, and, and expect him to hold you in the game. But, you know, is a backup on, on the backside of back-to-backs and, you know, giving the, the starter some, uh, you know, some breathing room and a couple, you know, day off here or there. I think Delia could do that. Right now we don't know what Lincoln it is. So chill out. Just relax. And good goaltending is hard to find. I think you could accept the rebuild and still bring Robin back if 
you get that prices right and the, and the term is right because good goaltending is like you said you know linking in and, and and you know <laughs> the people in the AHL you know Delia we know we like him here at the rink but you know if you're playing those two guys next year you're really accepting the rebuild you, you know things are probably <clears throat> Yeah, but good goaltending is hard to find. And then even if you draft a Russian, you get lucky, you get a high draft pick and you pick a Russian, you know, or a second or third round guy, you're talking three, four, five years down the road anyway. So, I mean, good goaltending is really hard to find. And and that's why getting rid of Leonard would be really tough to do. If you're going to rebuild, where do you start? I would start with the best defenseman I could find and or the best goalie I can find and then the best center I can find. So, if you're gonna if you're gonna sign Leonard, if you're gonna extend him, you're gonna have to do it for five years. He's not doing it for less than that. So if you if you're gonna sign him for five years and you're you're on a rebuilding track, then ostensibly you want to be competitive again in three or four years. Um, mm-hmm. And there you, you've got the then you've got the goalie. <laughs> then you don't have to worry about that position. You can you can focus on you know finding um, you know the the foundational defenseman and. The foundational center, you know, and maybe Doc is already that guy, you know. So, um, to me, uh, you know, I, I think I think there's a lot of it, it makes a lot of sense for them to resign him and to to resign him for a good five year contract. Um, it's not like you're, you know, because I think a lot of people assume, well, you know, you're going to sign him and pay all this money. He why would he stay? He's not. The, he's going to play on a crappy team. That may be true for a couple of years, but you know what? He knew that coming here this year. He's not stupid. I mean, if we knew it, he knew it. Well, yeah, that, and look at the teams he played for before. What were the prospects when, when he actually went right. to the Islanders? No, He didn't know what the Islanders were going to be. No one knew what the Islanders were going to be. In Ottawa, in Buffalo, they were all bad teams. Yeah. So he's played. He's willingly gone to these teams. Some of them he's re-signed with. So, um, you know, and he, he knew coming in with these Blackhawks, like you said, he, he knew with the Blackhawks that they weren't all that great. There was potential there. If, if everything was to work out, they could make the playoffs, but they were not coming into some powerhouse team that just won the right. cup. It was coming off, you know, a long playoff run. They're coming off two years of not making the playoffs and not winning a playoff game since 2016. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, the evidence doesn't get any stronger than, than the record their past seasons, you know? So I don't know. Anyway, I don't want to rag on the black house. We get, you know, how we get, uh, branded the negative Nancy's out here, but, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's right in front of you. It's all right out in front of you. The team is not that good. They're now down two players there plus a couple other forwards. It's just, uh, not good. So, well, I didn't really ask for questions, but, um, we did get one sent in. Doug Barger said, seeing how this is probably the end for Seabrook. Would you keep him in the organization? Make him an assistant coach at Rockford or the NHL level. It seems to me this whole three cups core is going to have jobs for life in the organization if they want them. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I don't know. I, I would assume that based on his leadership in the locker room, he might be a pretty good coach, but we don't know. Uh, but they can't really put him on as a coach uh, until his contract's up. He could be like, I don't know. He can be like an advisor, can he? But he I can't. Don't know. He, I don't. I, I think if he's under if he's under contract as a player, he can't be. And and actually, to be a coach, he's going to take a heck of a pay cut. That's the thing. <laughs> I mean, there's a yeah. lot of these guys that are that. I think there's there's a presumption that it's like the old days, and 
you know, guys matriculate from being players into being coaches. But the the money nowadays that guys make during their playing careers, I mean, it, it, a lot of guys, and I've heard them say this, is that they, you know, the idea of traveling uh, half the time and, um, you know, uh, dealing with talk back from players and for six, seven hundred thousand a year versus, you know, what they've been doing for six, seven million a year. Um, a lot of these guys would prefer to just go do other stuff and and not coach, um, you know. So I, I think the presumption that all these guys are going to be, you know, coaches and and around, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. Uh, I think, you know, maybe one or two, one or two of them eventually will become ambassadors. And, um, you know, uh, I think it takes a special guy to be a good coach in the NHL. And I think good players don't automatically translate into good, good coaches. That's the other thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, they're, they're, they are going to keep the guys around. They're going to keep the, as, as long in as some, they can. In some way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. With yeah. Taves and Kane and Seabrook and Keith, when, when they talk, you know, three, five, ten years down the line, you, whoever's playing for the Blackhawks better listen. There's a lot of, a lot of good hockey to uh, be learned there between those four. And I mean, you throw in guys like, you know, Brian Campbell going down and, and helping out defensemen. I mean, that, that's just a, a big part of it. And not everybody has to be a coach. You can still, uh, you know, teach a lot about hockey without being the guy behind the behind the bench every night. So, uh, but I mean, that core, I mean, they've forgotten more about hockey than most of these players coming up will ever know. Yeah. Well, thanks, uh, Doug, for sending that question, even though we didn't ask for questions. Absolutely. I really appreciate that, uh, you know, people reach out to us. And we don't have mm-hmm. to beg for questions. <laughs> we just get them uh, naturally. So, uh, yeah. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for us today. Um, we just want to get on and talk about the Seabrook thing because there's, you know, a lot of people have a lot of things on their minds and there's theories that fly and don't fly. So, um, <clears throat> but uh, I don't have any last plugs except for puckhockey.com. John, you got anything? Uh, no. Our founding sponsors, P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com. Go buy that rink gear or whatever you want and use the 10% discount code T-H-E-R-I-N-K, all caps. Yeah, and also Puckpedia. We use them for uh, all of our cap-related stuff if possible, and uh, we really like, you know, Hart, Hart is really good, and he responds. Like, I sent him a message earlier today, and within, like, you know, 20 minutes he responded to my, my question. So uh, yeah. I really appreciate that. So, he keeps us grounded in the land of reality. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ray, you got anything you want to plug or anything? Make sure to go check out the Chicago steel. Uh, first there place team. They're going to be pushing for the cup. So we're looking for some playoff hockey Get over to Fox Valley uh, ice arena. Hit me up on Twitter. I'll say hello. I'll buy you a Pepsi and we'll have some fun. There you go. Most successful hockey team in Chicago right now. Absolutely. <laughs> a lot of talent. They're, they're loaded top to bottom. It's, Almost reminds me of that first uh, Hawks team that won it all. Now they've got a long way to go. These are young kids playing for Chicago Steel. Don't get me wrong, but they're loaded like that. They can they can roll four lines and roll six defensemen and, and not skip a beat. Goaltending's good, so they're, they're a fun team to watch. That's for sure. They're loaded. And that's a top-notch organization too, from top to bottom. So, yeah, absolutely, you should definitely support them. So, uh, yeah, Coach Moore uh, actually is uh, in Toronto at the Marlies. He he left uh, a couple weeks ago, so. Uh, they, <laughs> they've got a lot of good hockey minds, uh, in the Chicago steel organization. Yeah, sure. Right. So cool. Um, you can find all of our comprehensive content over at www.the-rink.com. Uh, you, you'll see our, 
Um, all of our good stuff from the uh, Avalanche, the Blackhawks, the Ice Hogs with Mario, and uh, at some point we're going to get you know the Columbus uh, chapter rolling. And uh, we're, so we're doing real well. We're really happy with what's going on. You'll notice that we've kind of changed up our format a little bit as far as recaps go. We wanted to make a little more in-depth, use the talent that we have on our extremely talented writing staff. And uh, so we're letting them, you know, we're kind of taking the training wheels off a little bit and letting them go with what, you know, what they're good at. So uh, go check out our, our around the boards or uh, <laughs> along the boards or around the boards. What do you think, John? Along. Along, along the boards. So uh, that's what it's going to be from now on. We're going we're gonna to do it that way. It's a little more fun for, uh, you know, the fans and the writers uh, this way around. So it's not just, you know. It's not just the facts, ma'am. We're doing we're doing more in-depth analysis, and uh, we couldn't be happier. So, you can find us on all the popular social media at the Rink Official. That's Facebook, Instagram, and uh, Twitter. Uh, you and then we have the individual accounts on Twitter for each market, which is at uh, at Rink Shy for the Chicago division, at the Rink Colorado for the Avs division, at the Rink Columbus for. Uh, the Columbus uh, division, and then at the Ringcast, I'm at Puck and Hostel. You're at Jekyll, J-A-E-C-K-E-L. And then uh, we have Mr. Hockey Knapsack, right? <laughs> yep. And uh, the, the, the Hockey Knapsack. What did you do, Ray? If you get a chance, ha- please head over to iTunes, rate, and review us, uh, like Jackie did very nicely. Uh, even if you don't review us, you could just rate us. That would be really great. Uh, each review gets us to the next level, uh, and uh, th- then we get to move up the charts. So we were, uh, really appreciate that. Uh, I think uh, that's it, right? Right. Thanks for having me on, right. though. Absolutely. Yeah, th- thanks for coming on, Ray. I, uh, I know I know it was short notice. Kind of threw this together when the Seabrook thing came up, but uh, thanks for jumping on with us and uh, talking a little uh, Brent Seabrook and injury or LTIR with us. All right, well, with that being said, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedules to download, listen, and support us. Until next episode, see you on the way.